your host and love coach Nikki Lee now let me ask you a question would you like to have an authentic peaceful juicy balanced life that's a lot to take in and what would it mean to have an authentic peaceful juicy balanced life like I said, that's a lot to take in all at one time. I I can't think of any reason not to want all of that. You know, especially, especially after every weird, unbelievable, strange thing that's happened in 2020. But it's just been a crazy year. A lot of the time, aside from health things, a lot of the time I feel my life is not too far off from being authentic, peaceful, juicy, and balanced. And I think my guest could probably agree that hers is. What do you, what do you think, Euless? Does your life kind of fall into that category? Thank you, Nikki. Yes, it does. Nowadays. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. this, this is true. There, there have no. been times that mine definitely has not. Yeah. So, so how about if we spend the next yeah, 55 or so minutes helping the audience find out how they can have an authentic, peaceful, juicy, balanced life? Are, are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you, and uh, no uh, promise is guaranteed because it took me like 49 years to get there, and uh, so 55 minutes is quite short, but uh, let's give it a go. <laughs> well, we can, I'll tell you what, we can give them some ideas and maybe some first steps on, on how, to, how to understand what's involved and maybe some ideas on how, how to start the journey. How about that? Yeah, that's good. Some inspiration is always good. And, and just to become aware, like, oh, my God, can I have a juicy and balanced and peaceful life? It's the first step, actually, because uh, awareness is always the first step. Oh, my gracious, do I agree with that. And I, I think... I think a lot of people may not even realize it's possible. So yes, I completely agree with the awareness. So you may have noticed that my guest has an accent. A little bit. A little, of course, so do I. <laughs> so Euless so, Carlson is with me today, 
and she is actually with me all the way from Sweden. And she she's picking on me and telling me that it's it's not early morning cold where she is. It's it's actually in the evening where she is. So it's great to have you with me today. And do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about you? Because you you've got a fascinating story that you bring to us, and you you know. One of the cool things I love about so many of my guests is that their background and their story makes them not only incredibly qualified for the work they they do, but I think it actually, and, and I know this is my case, actually motivates them to do the work they do. What do you think? Spot on, Mickey. And, and first of all, thank you for having me here. And interesting that I have an accent. I don't hear it myself, but of course, yeah, I'm a <laughs> Swedish, so I talk like Swedish, <laughs> Swedish. <laughs> yes. So, no, my life hasn't always been juicy and balanced. And to make quite a long story quite short, it started the year of 2008 when I was depressed. Uh, burnt out this is really common here in Sweden and I was also suicidal and I'm writing about it in my autobiography called 247 the journey home to my heart and this is a book where I very authentically and very vulnerable actually writes about mental illness and the way of coming back from that into you know a more balanced and juicy life so it wasn't so easy back then and my life was, you know, every day I was looking myself in the mirror asking myself, is this life or is the day that I'm going to commit suicide? And so my life was the opposite of balanced. But when I look now in like the rear view and when I sit here with, you know, all the answers <laughs> of this long journey, it was, it was really like a sexual and spiritual awakening because for me it's very connected that the spirituality also needs to be embodied because sexuality, as we know, it's not something that is just mental or an image or an illusion of something. It needs to be embodied. And so my whole journey there when I was depressed and suicidal ended in like an awakening spiritual and sexual awakening and I did a lot of clearings out of old shit really because what many people don't know is that 95% you know in our daily lives is programmed from our subconscious or unconscious mind this means that we only have 5% of consciousness and from here we think that we can make conscious choices so this journey of mine was to to make the unconscious conscious to really see and to embrace and transform all the suppressed feelings and emotions that I've been carrying away for a long long time that I had suppressed for a long long time and when you have the courage to do so because it's not always a bliss Uh, you know inner work can be many things but it's not just blissful and and happy and or fluffy but by transforming unresolved like traumas or unresolved emotions 
you get access to much more consciousness. You get access to the wisdom that is embedded within your body. So many of us, yes, of course. I'm I'm actually working on a book with a a client right now that that goes into a lot of this sort of thing, and we're we're actually actually we're writing the book like you're going through an intake with her with clients, and what she does with the intake is to dig into things from their past that are um, affecting the decisions and the things that they're doing now that they don't realize are affecting them like in like early early messages that they got through like family and um, other people that they were around and maybe religion that are impacting their choices their their sexual choices their relationship choices that sort of thing and going all the way back to like even um, how much their mother held them and if if she didn't, then they've they've got that signal, and and they didn't get the the touch that they needed, and so now they've they've got they're they're disconnected from people now, you know if they were a C-section instead of a vaginal birth, that has an impact on them. Um, if they had um, inappropriate touching when they were younger, they may they they've now have effects now in their life, and that's. That's what you're saying too. With there's there's unconscious things we may not be aware of that are having us make conscious decisions. That, like I said, we're we're making decisions, but we don't understand why we're making those decisions. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes, exactly. And I'm I'm a yogi, uh, so from the yogic perspective, it goes even further back than your like parents or your school or the society that you grew up in. Like you, Nikki and I, we are the result of thousands of generations of love and we are also the result of thousands of generations that has walked on earth before us. And everything everything that you know, everybody in your family lines have been through in good or in in bad is residing within your DNA and we are not even aware of it so everything that we are not even aware of that exists in our in the memory of ourselves is affecting you know the choices that I make in this life what partners am I choosing how I perceive myself how I how is my perception of sexuality how is my perception of money so everything is is regulated or being unconsciously programmed in your DNA. <laughs> I, I I joke about the two sides of my family because on on my dad's side of the family, I I literally come from generations of ministers. Okay, and the other side are. They they basically come from West Virginia, which is in, in that area, which is good good old like mountain folk, you know, mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing. And if you look at their pictures, they basically look like um, I, I don't know if you've heard them from Sweden, but like Jesse James and Outlaws. So so I've got the 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 church people, 
and the outlaws. <laughs> so, oh, that's a great combination. <laughs> yeah, little, but seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, this, this means, because also uh, I believe like energy never dies. Energy just transforms right. and take, you know, other shapes, other forms. Uh, like if I'm putting the light on for a month, I think it's the same light shining in my room. But at the end of the month, when I get the, the bill from the electricity company, I can see it's not the same energy because it's energy that has been moving all the time. So energy is always, you know, changing form and transforms. So this means that all of us that are alive today have probably been in another body in another lifetime, maybe here or, you know, <laughs> also in other dimensions. So we all have been perpetrators and we all have been victims somehow. I might have been, you know, like a soldier somewhere because I have, sometimes I get really strong memories or echoes of memories on places that I haven't been to before but I really recognize myself or the instant connection of another human being or things that I know that I'm not really supposed to know. How can I know these things I've never experienced before? So everything is stored there within you. You know, all the good shit and all the bad shit. And as long as the bad shit is lying within your DNA, like if you've been a soldier or a perpetrator in a previous lifetime or you have been abusing yourself, or others or whatever the remnants of these memories are still within your DNA so it's so important to clear out these memories and to sort of you know create new memories interesting yeah very <laughs> I can only imagine with um, like I said with the the two different sides and like I said De definitely the definitely definitely some conflicts going on with those two which haven't haven't changed recently either so now where where do I even start I've got so many questions I don't even know where to start um let me just start um we want to talk about relationships because there's just so many so many things with that um how how does the subconscious mind work and impact us in relationships with other people yes that's a very interesting question because it's your subconscious or unconscious mind affects you know everything about you yes your health, your relationship, your life choices, more than we even are aware of. And it's easy to, you know, oh, I, I like this guy, I'm attracted to this guy, and then maybe he has similarities or opposites, like from your own father, because if you didn't like your father, then it, it might be opposites that you're looking for. Or if you did like your father, then, then there are qualities from you know that you have inherited that you're searching for so and we think that we have conscious choices but but they are not really conscious they're programmed in your DNA and 
we are not even aware. Like, like women, for instance, who all the time are attracting the wrong type of men. Uh, maybe, maybe then there's something in their karma that they have been, you know, a victim or a perpetrator or they want to save and help, you know, their partner. So it, this can be really smart and brilliant and beautiful women that are successful, you know, in in their business or in their line of work but when it comes to relationships they always choose you know maybe perpetrators or they choose guys or or ladies that you know abuse them or mistreat them and they're wondering like why is this and this is from the memories of the DNA that are being unresolved interesting yeah, because sometimes you, you look at somebody is with another person and it's just like, I just don't get it. I, I just don't. Well, I'm I'm with that with a lot of couples, and, and especially married couples, and you look at them and you're just like, how in the world? You know? No logic. No logic, no. And also yeah. from the yogic perspective, there can be a karma. There can be a karma between these two people, maybe in a previous lifetime, as we talked about, energy never dies, it just transforms. Uh, maybe in the previous lifetime they were like family, maybe they were married in a previous lifetime, or brothers and sisters, or maybe a perpetrator and a victim. So there's a bond, there's a connection between them that goes you know, further than we even realize in, when choosing partners or associates. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Must haves and deal breakers, okay, and that that can actually change over time. So how how can people get clear on what they want to create in their relationship? Yeah, that's a good question because many people are not clear. They they maybe not even know what they want or what they need. It's just like they are acting, you know, in a way that they not even can understand or that doesn't make sense but um, to be aware is the first thing like codependency for instance many both men and women are you know from from their childhood have they learned how to be codependent maybe they've had a father or a mother that has been drinking or maybe they have been some kind of abuse abusement so they have learned how to cope. It's like a coping, a survival strategy that you adapt to and then follows you, you know, when you're old. So even though that the strategy was maybe necessary for your own survival back then and there, but now it doesn't serve you anymore. It, it, it's like more of a hindrance or a blockage. So the first thing is to become aware, like what is the pattern here? What do I, you know, what is the universe trying to show me that I need to work with? For instance, these women or men that always chooses the wrong kind of relationship, maybe they need to become aware of their own borders and their own limits and having, you know, safe and good boundaries. Because many people who doesn't have safe and good boundaries, they become borderless and they attract people that are going to abuse them one way or the other. So the very first thing is to become aware of, okay, 
how is my life right now and is this a pattern that I can see and how do I want how, how do I want it to be like do I want it like this because we always have a choice we always have a choice we are so powerful and we are the creators of our own lives and when we can transform all these shadows or all these unresolved stuff issues that is going on within you then you have access to all the power and all the creative force that you need to do the necessary changes that you're longing for you know I really like too how, how you mentioned that there there are times when we're in a situation especially when you're younger or maybe maybe you're in a situation that you know you need to get out of but you you've got to like you're in the process of like creating a safe situ a, a safe way to get out kind of thing and there's certain things that you have to do for like a limited time um but then then once that time is over you need to change the pattern you need to change what you're doing um exactly and you know, and it's not so easy as it sounds because the pattern that you have had even if it might be for a short time and of course the longer period that you have had this adapted behavior the longer you know it might affect you or right before you can change it but it also has to do with the neuroplasticity of the brain like making and creating new neurons like making new pathways for the neurons True. are you following me yeah 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 so the the because every behavior has a positive intention right, right. As, as a child if I'm being abused or if my mother or father leaves me away to daycare center too early or if I'm not being connected with or at, um, I think in English it's called attachment theory right if there's like a disturb disturbance in the attachment towards your like parents who are their ones especially the mother from the beginning since you are born you know within the mother's body and you are attached to her through the through the umbilical cord right so so the behavior it's so important to understand that the behavior that you once created unconsciously was for your own protection it was a good thing it was a positive intention but then you know you outgrew of this situation and then you grow up and you you become strong and independent and you think that you you know have the choices to make your own own life the way you want it but these things are following you and they the things that were good for you when you were surviving because you have survived since you're a grown-up now they can be the things that you are falling on or causing blockages or hindrance exactly yeah that was the point I was trying to get to there's there's certain things that you may have to do for a limited time that aren't as healthy but you need to also recognize when you need to change those into a more healthy way of doing things that's what exactly. I was trying to yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> exactly I couldn't, how I couldn't change quite, that's, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't quite get the whole thought together, but I knew what I was trying to say. So I, I said, I said maybe if I kind of start it 
she can finish it for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're on the same page here. Yes. So interesting because if we take this on a deeper perspective or on a higher perspective, this means that within you lies the knowledge and the wisdom of generations and generations back. All the gems, all the jewelries, you know, all the insights and the learnings, but also the remnants of the unresolved stresses or issues or abuse, whatever. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So people pleasing. This is this is something Man, I had a problem with this when I was a little girl. Um, people pleasing is something some people, wow, that some people grow out of it kind of with a thud. And then some other people never seem to grow out of people pleasing. What is it and how does it really not... Oh, wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me back up a second. When we say something doesn't serve anybody, how how would you explain that for people that don't really understand what we're saying by that? Oh, there's so many examples, but let me just take a couple of them. Okay, so I'm with uh, a partner of mine, and and he or she uh, is like abusing me, and it can be so subtle. So I might not even be aware of it. It can be verbally, it can be, you know, emotionally or physically or sexually, of course. And and I choose to stay in this relationship because I think that I might save him or this was just this only time that he or she did this or uh, he had a bad day. You know, coming up with all these excuses right. when it comes down to that your boundaries have been crossed. You haven't stood up for your own boundaries because you have right. never learned the process of doing so. Because maybe you were what, uh, growing up in a dysfunctional family or maybe you were growing up, I mean, it doesn't even have to be dysfunctional. This, is, this might be provocative for you guys in America because I know that you love to work a lot and to earn a lot of money, but it might be that you are growing up in a family where the father or the mother is absent, is working all the time. So it doesn't have to be, you know, like a trauma, like like an abuse. It can be that somebody that is supposed to be there for you and to see you and your needs and your wants is not there because it, he or she is preoccupied by doing a career. Right. Yeah. So, and then these things will you know, be programming you when you choose your own partner. And then you might stick with somebody who's not being good to you or not being kind to you or not treating you the way you deserve or the way you long for. So that's just like one example. And another thing can be that you're with a partner and you you feel safe and you love him or her, but maybe the sex part doesn't work. There's always some kind of, you know, feeling that that you're not perfectly compatible maybe you have to fake your orgasms or maybe you don't feel that you're seen or heard you know properly or that you have to adapt to a certain way to get the love and the acknowledgement and affirmation that you are seeking 
So we are seeking in the wrong places for the wrong things. Instead, we need to turn this attention for love or confirmation or status within ourselves because that's where all the answers lie. True. Well, in when something serves you, it's of benefit and it helps you and it's healthy for you. You know, yes. if if you're in a situation and you're not getting what you need, I, I didn't say what you want. Okay, you may you may want things that you don't need. Okay, you may want things that aren't healthy for you. Exactly. That, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not I'm not talking about the great big huge mansion on the hill and and lots and lots and lots of money and all the bling and, and you know humongous closet. I'm not talking that. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about what what you need and and this kind of thing. Okay, and a healthy relationship and and that kind of thing. I'm talking about you know the that that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So if if it doesn't serve you and it's not healthy for you, it's not positive for you. That's that's something that does not serve you. You know, it doesn't doesn't work toward your goals and. Exactly. It's not flowing. It's not flowing. Yeah. It's not easy. It's always some kind of. Well, it's always always difficult. You know, yeah. If if if, it, if the relationship is always hard, and it's a struggle. Yep. And and nothing works. It's not serving you. How about exactly. that? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Spot I, on. I was just thinking. So some of the listeners may may not understand what we're saying by it doesn't serve you. So I just yeah. thought maybe it would be good to kind of delve into that a little bit. Okay. Excellent. So now, now back to people pleasing. <laughs> okay. So what what is people pleasing and how is it that it really doesn't serve anybody or doesn't serve people? Yeah, that's also a good question. You have many good questions, Nikki. So mm -hmm. the way I see it is um, people pleasing is because basically – it all boils down to we human beings, we want to be seen, we want to be acknowledged, we want to belong, and we want to be loved, right? These are like our basic human needs. We want to be seen, acknowledged, we want to be belonging with our you know, group or tribe, and we want to be loved. So when you have this behavior of people pleasing and I can really see that it comes from your childhood when when maybe it wasn't a safe environment in some some kind so you had to adapt you know tipping on toes and not to maybe um, make somebody angry or you had to tip on your toes that mom or dad was has was having a hangover or whatever so this leaves you with with a very very sensitive you are like a big antenna and you sense that something is wrong and, and you are always trying to avoid like conflict or you're always trying to avoid that somebody's getting annoyed with you. So you become this pleaser and this is actually an abuse on yourself. It is you making an abuse on yourself because you are not being true. You're not being authentic. You are not being aligned with the essence of who you are at soul level. So 
um, people pleasers are often this that we have been talking about this this behavior that was serving you in your early you know environment and it's not serving you anymore because people pleasers are also you know they can say things to you and then somebody else comes along and say a totally different thing and then they change opinion so they're always like agreeing with the previous talker and I think it comes down to you know this need of wanting to be seen acknowledged mm -hmm. um, belonging and loved and if I don't say these things or if I don't behave like this then I won't be loved or then I won't be belonging in this relationship or whatever so these people often have a problem with their boundaries with their own boundaries and you know speaking their own truth and being true to themselves and it's a conditioned program it seems very superficial too yeah it is but also we have to remember that again this has been a survival program this has been a survival program and yeah. and maybe you know as a child if you live in a abusive or violent home or if the mother and father are absent then you need to make sure that there's going to be somebody there who can take care of you you know you have to have your food you have to maybe have your diapers or whatever so it becomes this survival strategy which, which is a positive thing because it has kept you alive but it's time for you to to take your power back and to be empowered so you can you know have good boundaries for yourself because this is also the thing if I'm not having good boundaries for myself then I'm all often crossing our others boundaries as well maybe True. you know like like a perpetrator true yeah so it's really and in the yogic perspective we're talking about this from the root chakra the root chakra is about connection and you know the attachment theory especially to your mother and it's also connected with with Gaia with this planet that we all live upon and if my boundaries are weak then I don't take care of myself and I don't you know I don't maybe respect myself or others and I don't respect this planet that I, we live upon so we are abusing even the planet you know we are being greedy we are killing animals for their furs we are so it's so big and even right. though that it's only you know from one one individual to another and then it affects the total the wholeness of the collective society and it affects Gaia and just look how Gaia is feeling right now you know we are abusing and polluting her with all kinds of chemicals and weapons and wars and 5G and whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Craziness, to say the craziness. least. Yeah, craziness. And it all starts within me. That True. I have to be responsible enough to, you know, to break these patterns, to break these behaviors and replace them with better ones. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So, this has been a year where <laughs> I, I think to say that, that this has been a year that 
we we've all had how do I say this without getting too big a laugh from you um we've had substantially more stress in our lives than we're all used to I, I think that's a safe comment what do you think yeah I totally agree okay <laughs> I, I thought that was a really safe comment so yeah. from from a yogic I like that word by the way I hadn't heard that before from a yogic pers- per- perspective see I, I got the first word right and then I completely screw up perspective what what is stress from the yogic perspective I've, I've actually never thought about that so I'm fascinated to hear, hear that answer yes thank you for asking so stress from the yogic perspective is all of this that I have been talking about here these generations of generations of unresolved stress unresolved traumas unfelt or unexpressed emotions and we all have them I mean it can just take different shape and form and maybe somebody's afraid of you know finding a partner and another person is afraid of spiders or or being left from their partner so we all have them we all and this comes from a fear-based perspective for thousands and thousands and thousands of years we have been ruled by fear so we have fear-based perspective in our you know in our perception how to perceive life so this is causing so much stress in the energetic system that we are because we are energetic beings as human beings spiritual and energetic beings so this stress can manifest as maybe a disease like for myself when I was depressed and burnout and maybe it can the stress from unresolved feelings emotions or traumas can be manifesting as migraine or cancer even all the things that we see in the Western world that we call you know stress related problems is very much connected with unexpressed emotions hmm well that's interesting yeah that's very interesting all right send the part about the migraines one more time for me which one which part <laughs> the, the the part about the tie the tie into migraines yeah so here in the, in the Western world so I've been studying holistic disciplines for more than 28 years and so that's you know another perspective and then here in the Western countries I also have been studying as a physiotherapist so I also have the Western you know view upon this but the Eastern view is that everything is energy as we talked about and energy mm. is supposed to move like the word emotion means energy right. in emotion right so emotions is meant to move to flow through you the emotions are meant to be felt meant to be expressed meant to be met right right but many of us people here in the West we are so used to suppress our feelings you know I might be aggravated with my kids or I might be frustrated of something at work or I might be feeling sad because my partner has been cheating on me or whatever fill in the blanks okay but, but I'm not showing these emotions I'm suppressing them I'm holding back and 
I'm using strategies to hold them back. Like I'm, I might be a workaholic, like always keeping busy, or I might use medications for bad sleep, or I might take pills for migraine, or I might use drugs or sex, whatever. Whatever that you can use, you also can abuse, right? Right. And, and the line can be really fine. The balance can be really fine sometimes. Hmm. So from the yogic perspective, stress is in the energetic system. It's basically emotions being stuck. I call them frozen emotions. And they can cause all kinds, all kinds of physical manifestations, diseases, or you know, symptoms. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Like mental illness is really connected with this as well. Interesting. Well, that would explain why so much of the population is on antidepressants over here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, also, and it's enhanced by the things that are still within your DNA. So, so maybe you are suppressing feelings. Like, for instance, if I was living a life as a soldier or a perpetrator and I got killed... So I bring all these memories into my DNA and I, you know, I didn't have time to, to cry <laughs> that I was going to yeah. die or, but these memories as, as they are energies, emotions, energies, so they are still residing. So I can be feeling depressed in this lifetime for something, you know, that has been triggered in this lifetime, but right. the root cause might come you know, from a previous lifetime or this lifetime or being enhanced. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Well, and if you were a soldier, you weren't allowed to let the emotions out. Exactly. And I know as a Swede, we are, we even have a word for, you know, we are going to be lagom. Lagom comes from the Vikings. I'm writing about it in my first book, 247, The Journey Home to My Heart that the word lagom is basically a good word, but it comes from scarcity. It's fear-based. It's like this pint of mead is going to last for everybody around the team. So the word lagom means around the team. It's not that I can, you know, fill it up, the pint, if it's empty. I just go to the bar and I take a new one. No, this is so one sip for each and one of us. So we Swedes, we have this in our DNAs that we have to be, Lagom. We are not supposed to have a strong opinion. We are not supposed to have any strong feelings. We are not supposed to be too horny or too happy or too mm -hmm. sad or too angry. And it's in our DNA. And then we are suppressing all this energy, these emotions, and it causes you know a lot of Swedes to be depressed and and burn out. Interesting. All right. Well, my works. Huh. Yeah, it's right. very interesting. I, I totally agree with you. And it's so, because something might have been triggered this lifetime. Like you have been, you know, you are in an ugly divorce or you've lost your job or you have, somebody, you know, has been sick or has got a disease. So it triggers something in you and it's enhanced by the coding in your DNA. Hmm. My gracious. Okay. Lots of 
I'm going to be thinking about this long after we finish this call. Okay. Great. <laughs> Good. All right. Lots to take in. Lots to take in. Okay. All right. Now, now, looking at the clock, I better, I better go ahead and ask you about your other books. We're gonna, we're gonna run out of time. Um. Okay, now you you have a book with a fascinating title, and if I don't ask you about this title, I got all kinds of people that are gonna fuss at me. So, let me let me ask you about this. I like two forty seven, a journey to to my to my heart. I, I I love that title. I think that's just fantastic, and I'm really picky about book titles because I know how hard they are to come up with. Now, you have another book with a fascinating title that you have to explain to me, for people who didn't pay attention to my promotional image for the show aren't going to know about this but the name of the book is holy fuck and sacred water the secret connections to everything how in the world did you come up with that and what does it mean yeah <laughs> So, um, Holy Fuck and Sacred Water and the Secret Connections to Everything actually is a divinely channeled book. And the name came to me and my co-author, like, we started to write about sacred sexuality. And mm -hmm. sacred sexuality, for me, as a yogi, is is the life force. So it's not only about a fuck. <laughs> it's so much bigger than that. The life force, the creative life force, some people call it God, some people call it, you know, the source. It doesn't matter what you call it. We are all connected through this source, this energy. And so a holy fuck is the merge of everything that we see in nature all the way from ourselves within our bodies communicating all the way to what we describe also in the book like to Big Bang. So you have the black void. It could be the uterus or it can be the universe or it can be within your body. The black void and then you have the spark. So it's a combination of the feminine, the essence of the feminine, the unmanifested potential that is in the black void, like in the uterus with the, the ability to create life, right? And so just take it as example when the semen is merging with the egg and a beautiful creation of a baby is being made. That is a holy fuck. That is the sacredness of the feminine and the masculine in a sacred union. So the sacred sexuality and a holy fuck is everything from your thoughts sending neurons, like the merge of the neurons connecting to other cells, and all the way out to Big Bang, the way we see it. And we explain it, and this book was really like a revelation for us. It was like it was expressing itself as a universal truth, as a universal law. Like if I drop an apple, it's going to fall to the ground due to the law of gravity. And holy fucking sacred water for us turned out to be, you know, something much bigger than we have anticipated or expected. It turns out to be a universal law in how everything is connected and how to connect the dots from what you were asking me in the beginning with the title, Do You Want a Juicier, Happy, More Peaceful and Loving Life? 
So this is also about how to clear out all this stuff that lies within yourself, within your DNA, and transform like the bad shit <laughs> into the good shit and turn it into a holy fuck. And from here you can create this juicy, peaceful and balanced life. If that title doesn't grab you, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it just, but yeah, I, I remember, I remember when I got your first message, I'm like, well, damn, that gets your attention. <laughs> yeah, it's, and we, we write it on the backside, like this is not for the common man or common woman. You might be, you know, provoked or challenged or pissed off, or you might say, fuck yeah, or maybe both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <boo. laughs> yeah. Well, it does screen the potential readers, but yeah. Basically, it is our perception and our experience in how to connect all the dots and the sacred sexuality, you know, that is the source or God or whatever you like to call it, that we all are. We all stem from this source. We are the source. We have just forgotten about it with all this shit going on in our DNA and we need to reclaim it. We need to take our power and our, you know, uniqueness and our juiciness back. Yeah, it was it was funny. I, I saw your mention about sacred sexuality. I went, that's a hell of a name for a book about sacred sexuality. I was like, I, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the intention <laughs> to, yeah. to, you know, sort of wake people up. See, I like that. Why is the essence of the water so important? Yeah, this turns out to be, you know, such a big thing. Emotions are connected to water, like from the yogic perspective, emotions are connected to the element of water, and it's connected with the second chakra, which is all about flow in life. As we were talking about, if you are living a life with no flow or disease, you are not at ease, you are not in flow. So it's connected with money, it's connected with flow, it's connected with relationships, with love, with sexuality and creativity. And just take the thought with you that we contain over 70%, 70% of water. Our bodies contain over 70% of water. Just imagine the amount of water that we have in our bodies with all these memories that we have been talking about, with all this potential that we have been talking about. So the water, and every time you have a thought, Nikki, every time you have a thought, it travels in water. And just imagine this year of 2020 when we have been, you know, the media have given us so many fear-based perspectives of the virus or what's going on. It's, it's pumping out fear from the media and this fear is being transported in your water and are polluting your inner water. So that's why you have to cleanse and purify your inner source, your inner water. And again, as I said, it's connected with emotions. And, and water is the element, if you look in the outside world, the outer realm, water has the potential to, again, like energy, shift forms. Water can be mm -hmm. like gas. It can be like ice. And that's why I call them frozen emotions. It's stagnated. It's stagnated energy. You are not in flow. 
you're not flowing because your water is frozen. It's stagnated. And the softness of water quality, water is the essence of feminine and spirit. And just the essence of the softness and flexibility of the water, it can penetrate the hardest of rocks. It can, you know, carve through the biggest blockages. Right. right? Yeah. And water can find other paths. Or if the obstacle is in the way, water can just move it, you know, from from its path. Right. <laughs> this is very interesting. I could talk so much about the essence of water and the feminine and connect it on the way, you know, what's going on in the world today because obviously for thousands of years we all have been too much in what I call the immature essence of the masculine and the immature essence of the feminine. Like as you say, the people pleaser, that's the immature essence of the feminine. That's the undeveloped, unconscious aspect of the feminine essence. Right. Basically need to raise our vibration and our consciousness and to make the immature aspects of the feminine and the masculine mature, developed, conscious. Yeah, out of, out of those four, that would have been my guess for the, the people pleaser. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And the immature essence of the masculine, one of the immature essence of the masculine is being like, for instance, the good girl or the good boy, being productive, effective, as we know, you know, there's so many, <laughs> so many things in our part of the world that is increasing this drive for effectiveness and productiveness. That is the immature essence of the masculine. Being productive is the immature masculine? Yeah, it's, it, it's this strive this strive and this drive of always being in action, always doing, 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 doing. Okay. So what's the mature? The mature essence of the masculine is like the sword, the, the vision, the clarity, the high consciousness that cut, cut all the bullshit. So it's a higher consciousness that can cut through all the bullshit that we are doing. That's the conscious... Uh, masculine and the conscious feminine is the new leaders with you know empathy and heart-centered and compassionate hearts okay. and you need them both you can only not be a visionary with you know with um, direction that is beneficiary for for all of us up the earth not only some or the elite but you also have to have the heart and the compassion and the love and you cannot all be about love you have to have the clarity to cut through the bullshit and to to take your power back so you won't be the people pleaser anymore <laughs> true so is that more accomplishing instead of doing the, the mature feminine essence is more being like human being but we are not human beings the way we are now we are human doers okay so we are you know upholding the energy of the immature masculine and this is the inner conflicts of the immature essences of the feminine and the masculine is also what is being projected out there in the outer realms causing a lot of conflicts and wars and abuse the immature essence of, of, of them. 
So that's why it's so important to, you know, as I said, raise our vibration to clear out the muddy waters from within, to get back the power, the juiciness, to be heart-centered with big visions and clarity. Okay. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> kind of, kind of brain overloaded at the moment, but uh, at the moment, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost caught up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of information. You have to let it sink in and see what resonates with you. I'm just offering you like a smorgasbord. Yes. So like a buffet. Really. Take whatever that resonates with you, and you know, if you want to create a better life for you, you who are, who's listening to this program, thank you for that. Take whatever that resonates with you or maybe challenge you. There you have the key to lock and up your potential. Oh yeah, I like I like things that challenge. Yep. Well and I like I like things that challenge what I think and make make me think in new directions and then just see what works for me. So that's Yeah. yeah. That's one, one of, that's one of the things I love about having the show and meeting new people and hearing new ideas and, you know, it just, it's interesting, new things to think about. Yeah, I totally agree. And you, you have such a great job for meeting new people and inspiring people and to raise people's consciousness with your shows. So thank you so much for that, Nikki. And, and I just want to say that if you're curious, um, in connecting the dots with the sacred sexuality and the sacred water, the the book Holy Fucking Sacred Water, the sacred connections to everything is on Amazon amongst other places. How is the um, how can they find you and find more information about you and your books and and all that good stuff? Thank you. So uh, my individual um, international website is. Ulliscarlson.com is U-L-L-I-S-K-A-R-L-S-O-N.com. But with my co-author to Holy Fuck, uh, we have reactivatedembodiment.com. It's reactivatedembodiment.com. And there you can find the book if you want to have it signed and sent to you. I like, I love that title of your business too. That is, that is very cool. Thank you. Cool, all kinds of cool titles. Yeah, yeah, and it's so important that the the knowledge, the wisdom, becomes embodied because otherwise it's just a mental knowledge and not an embodied one, and that's what makes the whole difference. Definitely. Yeah. And and I notice you also have an unfuckable. I like that too. Yeah, we have this blog called Unfuckwithable. Yeah, it's also exciting because we are writing about our perception of what's going on in the world and we are always finding quotes from from our book that that goes with it. So we have just been writing about the seven deadly sins <laughs> that we see that is still going on, you know, even though it was written like in the Bible or whatever, thousands of years ago. This is still what's going on. You know, 2020 in the earth, earth today. And now we are writing about the seven virtues and also how distorted the virtues have become. Well, thank you very much for being here today. Going to gonna see, what, see what all resonates and what all sinks in. And, and I may have questions, but I know how to reach you. So. Yeah, please do. I'm looking forward to hear from you again with your questions. And yeah, let it sink in. 
for more information and for her links and the replay of today's show, go to my website at readyforloveradio.com slash 247. And listeners, I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.